to call this thing. Ah, I got it. Okay. Incredible, new, fantastic, astonishing, mighty, original, uncanny, sensational podcast. I'm just going to put down infamous. Hello, and thank you for joining the Infamous Podcast. I'm Brandon, or Meatless on the forums. And I'm Parker. Uh, you sometimes go by Tweak on various forums. But no one uses forums anymore, so screw that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the last time I've seen a forum. Yeah. Uh, it's all just... Uh, is It's all just... Can, does anybody know of anybody's out there anymore, right? I'm pretty sure every, at least anything I've seen for MCP has pretty much just been Facebook stuff so far. But. Yeah. All right. So welcome to our... In- you know, opening podcast. Um, this is going to be a weekly podcast. We're aiming to do about one hour long shows, and we'll be talking about upcoming topics and you know general things that the podcast is going to be doing in the future. Uh, so, starting out, um, our audio format is going to be primarily talking about games um, that we've played of Marvel Crisis Protocol and interactions within the games. We'll be talking a lot about the individual elements in the game, like the different characters, tactic cards, crisis cards, stuff like that. And um, today we're just going to do kind of an overview. So we'll primarily talk about, you know, what we like about the game and things previously. In the future, we'll probably have a third person in on this podcast. Um, So starting out, Parker, how long have you Mm -hmm. been playing Marvel Crisis Protocol? Uh, I I jumped in right about the time of Asgardians. So was that early 2020 before yeah that was or was that even like was that even 2019 that was no i'm pretty sure that was it was i'm pretty sure it was right around the turn of the year because the original release obviously the course that came out about october and then Mm -hmm. the first things we saw were uh venom and the wakandans and i don't think we saw the asgardians actually no no i think about it's probably december we got the asgardians yeah Uh, i remember i uh I fell in love with the Unco- as Wakanda cards. I am a kind of guy person that I do not jump into games when they're young. And I know that that's really bad for game environments because you want people to jump in to get big game groups and, and local game stores going. And I just can't stand shallow games, but MCP like ramped up so fast. It fed my need for variety and my horrible faction ADHD. So and so I, I, as soon as, as soon as I saw, like, you know, the box was huge already, but the, once there were already like four factions in the game, I was sold. And then of course, like more coming out. So yeah, yeah, I, it was easy for me to jump in at that point because of how, how quick this game has allowed me to do pretty much whatever I want with Marvel. So yeah, it's been awesome. Um, I'd like to assume that most people listening to the podcast are um, players of the game, but as just a quick overview uh, for anyone who isn't super familiar, um, the game is a small skirmish scale game. Uh, it's primarily an amalgamation of the two games of Star Wars Legion and uh, War Machine from Privateer Press. Um, I think it's a nice combination of the two games. They did a good job of streamlining the, the mechanics in the game while keeping the important crunchy bits of War Machine, like the timing chart and um, interactions with terrain and stuff, and the ability to do power attacks and things are, I think, really helpful for the spirit of the game. But in 
where War Machine can get kind of clunky with lots of different figures moving around each other. The the acts of moving characters around the map and measuring distances is extremely streamlined, which is mostly taken from Star Wars Legion. Yeah, I, I really like how they... MCP, you had to give it to them every time, because when you play Marvel Crisis Protocol... They did a really good job of borrowing the best parts of a lot of games, kind of filling in the cracks, you know, like Jurassic Park, right? Like the DNA of the frog, like we just put it in to complete the code. And it, it made something that makes you, if you love Marvel uh, Universe, which is my, my, it's one of my favorite things. I'm sitting right now next to a giant catalog of Marvel comics. So the very first time I played it, I was like, I am not playing a game that's like, like a good simulation of it. I feel like I'm playing spider-man i feel like i'm playing captain america i feel like i'm playing modok like you <laughs> you want to use like the you want to feel like the characters are feeling because it is such a good job in the design of this game and i think it's because they already knew how they were going to do it how to make characters feel special and interesting and different and then they applied it really well so if you haven't played the game go get you some of this game it's a good game yeah uh, sorry, I just uh, came across a misprint on one of the cards, and it it's completely derailed my thoughts. <laughs> we'll get to that later, but uh, okay. oh, I'm definitely Oops. gonna tell you about that, Parker. Um, okay. So anyway, um, I've been playing since the game launched. Um, I got a demo um, before the game came out, and I'm a huge uh, fan of superheroes. Unfortunately, though, I don't read comics because it's just not. I don't enjoy the medium. I don't like like eight pages of, of like, you know, captions and like very little things going on in an individual issue. And I've just never been able to oh, keep so my attention. Fun. I know. <laughs> I think I might actually enjoy graphic novels, but I have so little time to read that I just don't, mm. I, I don't think it'd keep my attention. And they're kind of expensive, honestly. <laughs> like, aren't yeah. they like 20 to $30 per graphic novel? Uh, it depends on where you get them. Like I'm a big bargain shopper. Like I will wait for, you know, comic book shops will have, you know, uh, like a, a clearance rack where you can get them for, you know, half off, sometimes even a quarter off. And so if I'm not picky about what title I want to read, I'll go in there and I'll just be like, ah, this looks like an interesting Avenger story or a weird Punisher story or, you know, a cool Spider-Man story. And I'll just pick them up, even if I don't know, like the context of the events happening in the graphic novel. But there are a few things that I'll shell out for. Uh, but you know, it's like for me, it's, I always wait for Christmas for the big, big guns. Like there are some, I have some like 60, 70, $80 graphic novels. Cause they're huge Marvel events done giant hardcovers and there's, you know, hundred plus pages in them. So those, those do cost a pretty penny, but, um, mm -hmm. for the most part you can, for the most part, you can, you can enjoy the hobby without breaking the bank. If you're willing to be a little patient or, you know, shop around a bit, but yeah. You just got to wait for those comic book stores to go in there going out of business sales. You can get crazy good deals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, speaking of small businesses, uh, just for background knowledge, I'm a manager of a small game store in Kansas city. Um, I've been doing that for a few years. And before that I've worked in other game stores for a while. So I have a pretty good breadth of knowledge for games in general. And I've been forced to listen to about every story about gaming there is. So <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. balls living behind that desk. Mm -hmm. You've heard everything about everything. Brandon, have you heard the super cool one uh, that happened in my RPG last night? A super cool RPG. Yeah. Moment. Tell me, like, tell me about, about your it. RPG that I really need to know about. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So, uh, mm -hmm. like I said, I've been in the game uh, since it started. I am 
a collectioner, I guess. I like to collect everything about the games that I do play. And so I'm usually, when I play like War Machine, I play like six or seven factions, have everything in the faction. And like for smaller games like Marvel, I tend to just buy everything, even if I'm probably not going to use it. So that leaves me having lots of unpainted miniatures, but I do, yeah. I do try and get them painted eventually. Um, yeah. Parker, are you also buying everything still, or are you selecting what you buy? I it, for there was a time in which I would just be like, I want you know all of this game, and I would just get it all. And there are still games that I play that I do that for. Marvel's Crisis Protocol has been one of those games that I started off very selective because I was like, I don't know if I how much I'm really going to like this game, so I'm going to pick my favorite heroes, the ones I read a lot, the ones that seem really cool on the table. I want to marry my love for them with their abilities in the game. Uh, but then I started buying models, and I just kind of haven't stopped. So yeah. at this point, like I'm pretty much just collecting everything. The only models that I haven't gone back and 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 purchased yet are the actually the Asgardians. The one, like when I was buying, I actually ended up buying all of the Wakandans. Um, but I did not buy the Asgardians, and the main reason why is uh, I actually have a lot of as you know, Asgardian themed books but their rules just seemed well we'll talk about that someday their yeah. rules just seemed super uninspiring is the word i would use and i was like i really i i'll have a limited amount of time to play this well, something you know about me is i, I i'm a uh, i'm a teacher full-time and uh two uh awesome little girls and so my playtime is pretty limited i'm on daddy's schedule so i play you know after they're in bed or sometimes over the weekends when you know I, i'm ca- catching cookies with mom and, and my wife is willing to watch them so so with limited amount of time, uh, I have decided to not buy absolutely everything that they'll ever offer. So, but I, I have a feeling that eventually I'll want maybe just to buy the boxes just to get like some of the crisis cards and the scenario plays and the, uh, that kind of stuff. Cause I don't have all of those. Like I don't have the Hulk. I never bought him. Not because I don't love him just because like, I just didn't buy him. I wasn't excited to play him at the time, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's guardians of the Hulk are the only ones I'm currently missing. Didn't you originally come in to buy the Asgardians? Like, that was the first team you were going to buy? 100%, yes. Okay. I was excited to buy them. And then I, and then I learned a little bit. About, I got to play some games, right? Yeah, I remember played, I, I did a learner game with you. Yeah, we, I got to play some games. And I was like, I don't think I will enjoy these guys. I think they will be <laughs> something else that other people would really enjoy. I could totally see it. But I want to play something more dynamic, Um and we'll, we could talk about them later. As guardians are just kind of like they do what they do. They're exactly what they do. I like to, I, I like every single activation of my character for them to do like five things. If they do five things each activation, then I feel complete. I feel good. And that's not really as guardians. So yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't at the time, but I'm double checking that's now. That's true. Because I'm actually pretty sure. Didn't they add? Oh no, that's right. They haven't talked about that yet. Um, we're pretty sure though that. Enchantress is going to end up as an Asgardian, so... Yeah, Enchantress will actually be their first character that it's like, I'm going to do five things every turn, but... Loki's pretty good at that, but not not maybe as good. Yeah, every time I've seen Loki on the table, he's like, he's really good at disrupting. He's like, I'm going to be this little speed bump in the middle here, like a mystical speed bump, and I'm going to be a real jerk, and you're going to have to play around me all the time, and aren't I annoying? And it is super annoying, mm-hmm. but... um he usually ends up just doing two actions and, and that's all he gets. But because his defensive ability is so good. So good. Yeah, he's pretty defensive. Yeah. But you got to have that power for that. You got to have that power if you want to use that ability, which you do all the time. 
All right. Well, talking about future podcasts, like I said before, this is just kind of a little intro podcast, and um, we'll have three people on more than likely in the future. Uh, one of our, we have two other potential guests. We have uh, Jason and Jeremy. Um, one of them will usually probably be our third person, depending on the week. Um, topics we'll be talking about in the future. Um, we're going to go into um, kind of like a rules deep dive, talking about like commonly mistaken rules or like frequently asked questions about the rules. I know in the Facebook groups I'm part of, we get lots of questions about like timing and interactions of different abilities. So it's not going to be like explaining basic movement or anything. It'll be talking about like commonly, you know, misinterpreted rules or like things that you should know if you want to be able to use particular abilities correctly. Um, I think the most important thing for a lot of newer players to the game is go read the timing chart until you actually understand it. I know it feels like a wall of text the first couple times you read it, but knowing the the timing effects on like if you're attacking Modoc and you have the ability to modify your dice, like how is that going to happen? Like that's actually really important, and it's going to help you make better choices all the way from choosing your roster at the start of the game to like target priority deployment, everything like that is going to be affected by you understanding the interactions of the rules. Yeah, it's one of the things about this game that's super. Um that's super cool about it is every character feels really special uh, and every character feels like they can like, like even though you brought like this little support two point character, he might win the game if you utilize him correctly and you do all the things he does. So that also means you have to be really good with really fluent with the rules. So you have all those tools in your back pocket, because if you are not quite sure how things work, uh, or how an individual character could, you know, become more than he sh- than he is at face value, then you could end up missing something really important that he could have contributed to your game. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're not gonna talk about every single character, obviously, uh, all the time and everything that they can do. Oh, we're gonna so, talk about every single character. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, every, what I mean is, we'll go through every single character's rule and talk about like this is how you would move them medium speed. This is how you would attack with them. Uh, it won't be that pedantic, but yeah. Um, we are going to be going through each character, um, tactics card, crisis card, and faction in the game at one point, and, mm-hmm. uh, we'll be giving them a rating more, more than likely from one to 10, but we'll also be sorting them into different categories. And so like different characters will, will give terms like bruiser or tank or something like that, or like support character or controller. And we'll just, that'll just be like a side pro- project in addition to the rating each character. And that way, it'll give us the ability to cover every individual item in the game over the course of the episodes we will release. And um, that will allow us to actually talk about like different interactions that we want to without just jumping from random point to random point. Um, but also, like uh, it should probably help people that do listen that are looking to build new lists for like understanding like different combinations of cards. Like You don't want to overload on one type of thing in your list. You don't want to have all five of your tactics cards be healing cards, unless that's a very intricate strategy that you've decided to play with. I will never die. Yeah. That's, that's your, that's Trust me, guys. Guys, I'm going to live forever. <laughs> um, we're also going to go into a pretty heavy um, list building uh, discussion talk as a group. Um, we'll talk about things mm-hmm. like characters chosen for your list. Uh, which scenarios to choose, which tactic cards to choose, and then how to select those based on which opponent you get paired against during your games. And then once we do our basic um, discussion on those points, we'll go back and cover them again in later podcasts on more in-depth like strategy for like tournament play as opposed to just pickup games. 
I, I'm really excited about the list building conversations because this game, they really, I, I love what they did in this, this game where they, it's all a pool. Like you bring a pool to the table and then you select things after you know some things about what's going to happen in the game and scenario play uh, and what your character, uh, your opponent is bringing. I love that you can make like, try to like split the difference between two factions while, when you come and like, I don't know if I want to play Avengers or Cabal. Maybe I can try to bring both and pick one before the game starts. And is that even possible? I'm really excited to explore that kind of stuff. I'm really that's, excited. That's one of to, my favorite things about this game. Yeah, I'm really excited to sit down and talk about it with a group of people too. Um, I know in the past there's been a lot of different games that have tried to solve the bad matchup problem where you talk about like War Machine has gone through multiple list selection. They've gone through specialists which is basically like a sideboard mechanic. There's been um, like varying effectiveness in different games based on scenario. There's been all kinds of things like like taking characters in your list that make you stronger versus certain factions um, or different even like parts of the game. Like War Machine, if anyone's familiar with War Machine, there was a character because War Machine and Hordes were two mirrored games and they were allowed to be played with each other. And there's a character called Iris and she was incredibly powerful versus one of the two sides of the game and basically worthless versus the other. And so like, if you knew that all your bad matchups were on the left side of the, basically the list, the, the faction options, you could take that to hedge your bets against those bad matchups. There's a lot of weird things that people have tried in the past to, to solve the, you know, like I brought all infantry to it. Like, and my opponent brought all armor is like, I have no way to get through this armor. Like, the, I like the way they've designed the game because you you always have an option to try and climb out of a hole. And I haven't honestly even seen that many like truly bad matchups yet. It seems like it's mostly play driven. Yeah, I was one of the things that I really liked about this game is one of the other things that kind of they borrowed. I don't know. I don't know if they borrowed it from War Machine or any other game type, but the objective focus of this game is really nice. Uh, like if if supervillains and heroes really wanted to, they could probably just murder each other, right? Like Wolverine could definitely just murder everyone, mm-hmm. right? Like you probably could. There've been Marvel comics about that exact topic. Yeah. So, so I like that this game is, is about the objective play and, and yes, you can try to beat up your opponents and there's probably going to be a part of your, of your strategy that includes that. But the, like at the beginning and the end of the day, your main object, your main objective is literally that the objectives on the board and how are you playing that? Because because that's the thing that actually wins the game. And I love that because there's so many games that kind of have been boiled down to, well, I just kill your guy. How can you win? Because I killed your guy. Mm-hmm. But that's that's not the way Marvel Crisis Protocol works. So it's, it's I love that the, the captain of getting assassinated in War Machine is like, I'm yeah. so tired of not winning on snares. <laughs> like, I've seen you spend so many games setting up uh, longer than the game lasted like it's uh, so funny it's it's possible that i may have been assassinated on turn one uh many 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 times it's yeah. possible it's possible that that is something that i lived with while i played that game <laughs> but i really enjoyed i really enjoyed the opportunities when that didn't happen and i was able to or i played yeah. i played characters that made it difficult for that to happen and so I would be able to set up the scenario and just and I love the it's it, it, it may it's not a negative play experience if you're if you are playing the game to the scenario right uh, if you're if you're trying to find a way to go okay well I know you can do this and you can do this and you can do this but if I just remove this model here 
and you know mind control that model there it doesn't matter all of the things you can do because i'm still winning like i i found i discovered it with this tactical decision rather than this overwhelming force decision um i really like that i think it's a, it's a very appealing thing to me because i used to get assassinated on turn one a bunch <laughs> so. i per- i prefer the overwhelming force but <laughs> I, I know you do uh, i know you do i think i think a lot of war gamers because i think it's becoming a lot more popular hobby in the recent years um but I mean, part of that is because of the availability. Um, more stores are able to have access to these newer games. Because if we go back, let's say like five years ago, there's very few truly scenario-oriented war games or miniatures games in general. Like the majority right. of the games, like um, War Machine was fairly centric on scenario, but it was still a pretty heavy attrition-based game. Uh, 40K is almost exclusively attrition-based still at that point. Um, they've made huge steps forward already. And going back 10 years ago, it was almost exclusively attrition-based. And if we go back 20 or 30 years ago, like 30 years ago, your only option was effectively, like, I guess, uh, what is that game called? It's not, it's like Team Fight Tactics. No, it's um, mm-hmm. Squad Leader, Advanced Squad Leader. That's the name of the game. Right. And it's like, all the way down to you need to keep track of like the bullets an individual soldier on your team has in his magazine and like how much water is in his canteen, like that level of intricacy, but still it was exclusively attrition based. And then the other games mm-hmm. that were available are all historical miniatures games like Napoleonics, where it's you effectively line up and my block of infantry kills a percentage of your block of infantry based on a flow chart. And it's like, okay, well, like this is like, well, it's, mechanically sound and it's a it's a fun interaction but it's it's very little on the side of like active response to situations and basically you're coming into the game with a plan you execute your plan to the best of your ability and you kind of just see what happens and i think there's there's a reason we've seen this massive push towards strategy and scenario-based missions because people don't want to just line up and roll dice anymore. They don't, that's not entertaining anymore. If we want to do that, you can just play Starcraft and just run Marines at people. Like that's not interesting anymore. Yeah. It's even worse than that. Cause at least in Starcraft, there's like the fog of war, right? You don't even like, you know, right. <laughs> it's across from, but in some war games, they're set up to be like, well, all of my guns are range 36 and oh, look, we're playing on a 36 inch board. So I suppose <laughs> I will stand here and you will stand there my and we will roll dice. <laughs> My basilisk like, has a 240 inch range. Where's your model? 11 yeah. inches away. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's so, and I, I, I'm not downplaying those games. There are lots of people who like to, you know, stand there beer and pretzel style and just roll a lot of dice at each other, but you didn't even need to spend a lot of money or paint a lot of models or mm-hmm. even spend the 45 minutes it took to set up the game to do that. And that's one of the reasons why I love, uh, you, you're going to hear me be an MCP cheerleader all the time. Rah, rah, shish kebab. <laughs> this game was di- designed very well for people who wanted to make every game session worth it, like feel good. Even when you lose, like you never lose, you never lose because you got your, you know, your, your one key piece taken out by random chance. And then it's over. You lost by like three objective points, you know, Mm -hmm. or something like that. You were in it the whole time. You can't possibly just get it. Getting tanked is difficult. You can sometimes get disappointed by, you know, your favorite model didn't do what you wanted it to do, but one of the things I love about Marvelous Crisis Protocol is you, you sit down to play it for your hour ish, however long, you know, it's taking you and you were happy that you brought your models. You were excited that you got to play, you got to do something. It's never like you, 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 you know, you, you bought the dress, but you didn't even get to go to the prom, right? Like it's, you automatically get to play, you get to do something. And I love that about this game. It doesn't feel cheaty and robbing 
to me anyway. I haven't had that experience yet, even when I've lost and lost a bunch. Yeah. Now, and not not to discourage any of the other games. I think as long as you and yeah. your opponent are having a good time, obviously your game is is for you. Um, but I think there's the overwhelming majority of people are looking for a more intellectually stimulating game, which is why even what is has been widely considered like beer and pretzels games in the past are making that step forward because it includes more people to allow them to have fun in their game, which is, I think, good for everybody. So, yeah. all right. So we've talked about what we're going to talk about in future podcasts. We've talked about... Um, things we like about the game. We talked briefly about the rules, um, talked about our past. <sighs> did we mention, did we mention comics corner? Did we mention that? We did not. Okay. Because I so, wasn't going to. <laughs> oh, okay. We didn't have to. <laughs> no, you can go ahead. Uh, or I can give you an intro if you want. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead and give me. Uh, I was just going to say uh, a future topic that we're going to have in every once in a while on our podcast is going to be comic corner where Parker, cause he's a big fan of the comic books is going to tell you about something that he has enjoyed or read recently that, or may even be relevant to what our topic is for the day. And so I'll let him go on from there. Yeah. I, I love it. One of the things that they've done with this game is they've drawn directly from you know, uh, major Marvel events or even like like popular lines by characters um, or, you know, a particular writer or an artist has drawn something out of the character uh, and they, you know, have put it into the game. So I'll do my best to do those kind of call outs because it always makes me excited. It gives me the giggles whenever I see something cool that I recognize. And uh, I'll also, you know, point people towards if they don't recognize it because they haven't seen it before. If I if it, if I think it has quality of some kind, I'll I'll make sure you know that it exists and what it's called, and so that you can go find it yourself and read it. And it will, will only make your Marvel Crisis Protocol experience better. It's uh, just the other day I got done reading a Guardians of the Galaxy comic book, and I was like, I have to go paint Groot. <laughs> I want to paint him so that he can he can yell, "I am Groot!" at things. I want that in my life. Okay. So now, as a nice little outro, I don't know if this is intentional or not, mm. but do you know what Black Widow's name is? Her, her personal name? Natasha Romanoff? That's or... what I thought. I would like you uh, to read the card, because it says this on the card. It's Natasha Romanova. R-O-M-A-N-O-V-A. Yeah. So check the database and just put, pull up Black Widow. And I don't know why I saw this, but I just randomly glanced over and noticed it on oh. the card. It Roma Nova, but it 100% says, but then Natasha the Black Widow agent of shield is Natasha Romanoff. And uh, I'm oh like, boy. What the hell is yeah, no. is so as comic corner for this week, I would like you to tell me, <laughs> is that intentional? Is that really, is she known by two different names in the lore? I have never heard of Romanova. Oh, Okay. Because I immediately um, went to AtomicMassGames.com and I go to the course set and it tells me, according to here, former top KGB agent Natasha Romanoff has become a force for good. And it literally calls her Natasha Romanoff in the, the, the like prologue for the box set. But huh. when you get the card, it's, where, it's Natasha Romanova. And so maybe we'll see in the movie that this is like a throwback alternate identity she has, but I think this is a misprint. Um, okay, so apparently, what I've what I what I started doing some searching here uh, is this is this a known thing? Like this is supposed to be that way? 
why? Okay, so if you ask I, me, it would make sense for them to use an alternate name for her because they knew she was going to have two characters. And so doing one for one and one for the other makes sense to me. That way they have different alter egos. Does that make sense to you? Like intentionally splitting them up? Okay. So apparently <laughs> uh, it has to do with the, um, with just the correct, uh, uh, I guess I would call it a suffix. It's a feminine suffix for a uh, sort of feminine name. So Romanov if if you pronounce it in Ro- a Russian, you would say Romanova to insinuate that it is a female. So, oh. so she stopped being a female, or she stopped being Russian, I guess. Yeah, that's weird. So, so I'm guessing. So Romanov is the anglicization, uh, anglic, yeah, anglicization, anglicization of the Russian surname Romanov Romanova. So whenever, so whenever uh, people from outside of uh, Russian language speak Romanov or Romanova, they just they just pronounce it Romanov, and they lose that genderization. Hmm. So because so when she defects to the West, like and she like left, and you know, and right. came over to be an agent of Shield, and and everyone Avenger, just calls her Romanov because they don't recognize that Romanov. custom. Yeah. So then, but, why is the the I guess it's Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I guess according because the original Black Widow in the core set is just Black Widow. And then the new one is Black Widow Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So if so they if they I guess chronologically, they, the one in the core set is actually the older Black Widow. Uh huh. And then so what's. Yeah. Well, this is if, if they do this on purpose, if they did this on purpose, this is super amazing attention to detail. I feel like someone fucked up, but, you know, because <laughs> they pro- someone someone involved might have known that and they put Romanova intentionally and then maybe the whoever was designing the next card forgot or didn't catch it in in test or yeah. maybe it's intentional that agent of shield black widow is the the loss of the genderization on the name that's well, yeah well the 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 it the agent of shield outfit that she wears is like the 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 model outfit and the model mm-hmm. and the outfit on the card is also one of her like you know next gen outfits she's had like eight or nine different like okay. uh canon outfits but the original one is the one that she has for the original the romanova right so perhaps that's what it is like if this is true and it wasn't a, a mistake it's a beautiful mistake because mm-hmm. natasha romanova is what she would have called herself while she was russian defecting to the avengers edition yeah. you know originally and she would have had that outfit that's a classic Black Widow outfit, but then the you know further generation when she's an agent of Shield and she does all this other stuff, um, you know, working with various parties all over the world, various peacekeeping agencies. Then she probably goes by Romanoff, which is the anglicized version. Without I'm looking at her card now, and there's if you just looked at the card, there's no inclination that she's a good guy, and so it's very possible that they did it correctly because it doesn't say like there's no like reference to Shield or or the Avengers or anything on her card. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's a, yeah. This is this is cool. What what it also means is uh, what I want to know is <laughs> does this count for like taking two Black Widows? Is there a rule that I'll be, I think there's a, there is a rule that you can't have like two of the same surname, right? Yeah, you can't you can't duplicate the, the my understanding, and I haven't read into this lot because it hasn't been relevant. But mm-hmm. in the rule book, the rule for duplicating characters is currently if their alter ego is the same. And so if right. you look at a card underneath their big name in bold, it says they're, they're basically their alter ego or their true name. 
or their alias or whatever they they mm. they are other than that. And so look here, I'm on the in the rulebook now. Section two is alter ego, the everyday persona of the character. This is used to identify duplicate characters in the player's roster. Says it right there. Yeah. Oh my god, can you take both black photos? <laughs> <laughs> I think you can. <laughs> By but sort of, because the argument could be made that that is actually the same name, but because of some sort of weird... It's in black and white, Parker! Black and white! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, technically black it's and, the same Black and yellow, name. I guess, based on if, the art. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think you would have a strong argument if you went to a judge at a tournament that you can yeah. play both. I, I, I don't know how you wouldn't, because, right. like, based on that, uh, you could say, like, well... Where are we going to draw the line on similar names? Mm-hmm. Hmm. God, that's weird. That's weird. Because I, I wondered if they're ever going to do like clone sagas and things like that, like for Spider-Man and and do yeah. some other stuff. And I'm assuming that's how they get it. Re- you know, like Ben well, Riley like, or think about like that. But, well, think about like Hobgoblin and Green Goblins. Like, well, if yeah. they have similar names, like now we're splitting hairs. Like, what if it's just close? Because it's Norman uh, and Harry, right? No, Hobgoblin was. Uh, a totally different guy. He stole uh, Green Goblin tech. Uh, his name was uh, what was his what was his name? Roderick Kingsley. That was oh, okay. Name. So it was just in the movies that his son got it. Yeah. Uh, also, N- Ned Leeds. Oh no, no. In the movie, okay. In the movie, that's also happened. Uh, Harry and Norman were both the Green Goblin. Oh, they're but, the Green Goblin. Okay. Yes, but Hobgoblin is a totally different guy who got green goblin technology and yeah uh so there's net there's a guy who like was the hobgoblin for a while there's honestly like 18 different goblins if you depending upon what universe you're reading and and subscribing to but there are so many goblins because there's even a good green goblin uh that was ben urich's nephew so there's a bunch of random goblin stuff but there is only one natasha romanoff that i know of but apparently now there's also natasha romanova who is the same thing just well, now I'm worried, like, what other. if what if there's another Winter Soldier and they just put Bucky under there? Like, does James Bucky Barnes count as Bucky? Like, I'm just saying, I watched a game of Heroclix one time and the guy had seven Hulks. And I was like, <laughs> aren't, aren't characters unique? He's like, yeah, but this is Hulk. This is Son of Hulk. This is Red Hulk. This is Scar. This is Bruce Banner. And then this is the Incredible Hulk. And I'm like... You should be shot. <laughs> it's like, it's like it's legal, bro. Look it up. I'm like, whatever. And I just walked away from the well, table. It is. Well, those are all actually different people. Like, those are all actually different characters. Not well, the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> okay, so you listed Bruce Banner like three yeah. times in there. Yeah. Right. But yeah. Bruce Banner is like exists. And then I think one of them was a World War Hulk. Like, that was a whole different character, oh, even though it's the same guy. That's, that's Bruce Banner. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as. But I don't. Yeah. It's, it's a whole thing. Anyway. I, I hope. I hope. That my personal hope is that people play Romanova like Romanov. It's the same difference, but I'm sure somebody's going to try it in a tournament, either to be cheeky or try to do something weird. I don't know, like why you would do it necessarily, but that's interesting. Yeah. What does it say? What is it? It, it says they're both Avengers. What does the Avengers card say? Because of the so the Avengers card was printed before Agent of Shield was a thing. If we go right. to let's see, it is. I need to go back here. I'm on their website right now. There is. I want to say, is it under faction? FAQ and errata. Here we go. Quarrels, errata. I don't see anything about her under errata. But where is characters? 
can't remember where it is, but they did a... I guess it's just in the main rulebook. I just didn't see it on first scan. Appendix. Oh, it's doing landscape for some reason. That's really weird. Oh, it's transform rules. That's why. Here we go. Avengers just says Black Widow. It does. No, I, I know the card does. But they've updated the cards on one of their online documents. Am I just not going to the right section? Organized play, playtesters, transmissions. Maybe it's under organized play, not the rules. Base size. Yeah, here it is. Affiliation list. It's under um, organized play. Mm. So, And then it just has updated lists. So um, Avengers is Captain America, Ant-Man, Black Panther, Black Widow, Black Widow, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Captain America, Hawkeye, Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, Vision, Wasp. Okay. Which, holy cow, I think we need to get, we're to the point where we kind of need to split those guys up. That's too many. Yeah. <laughs> there needs to be, like, the new Avengers and have a whole new, like, roster. Yeah. Or or East Coast, West Coast. Yeah. Give me some, give me some weirdos. <laughs> East Coast, West Coast. I, I don't think I actually want that. Uh, for the record, I do not want East Coast and West Coast Avengers. I, <laughs> that would be terrible. Wait. I do not want Yeah, because it would be, like, uh, Ant-Man, Wasp would be West Coast. Yeah. Like, the but that's like West it. Coast Everyone Avengers. else is in New York. <laughs> right. The actual West Coast Avengers were a bunch of randos. Um, but like War Machine was on there for a while and that kind of stuff. You have to make a whole bunch of new models. But it's weird that Ant-Man and Wasp in the cinematic universe are on the... I'm going to claim West that Coast. Hawkeye counts as West Coast because I'm going to choose to believe that his ranch is in Montana. I'm 100% sure <laughs> off the top of my head that Hawkeye was actually a member of the West Coast Avengers at some point. Um, See? The comic books. My intuition knew. Yep, he was one hundred percent. Yep, yep, yep. I, I, I had a, I had a good feeling about it. <laughs> but no, uh, Black Widow has two names. Uh, I, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> I, I, I need this to be clear. Yeah, I kind of. I, I think off the air, I'm going to go through the errata section and double check that I didn't miss that she's been renamed or clarified to be Romanoff. Mm-hmm, yeah. What's really interesting is that if they did that on purpose, that's really kind of sly and cool. <laughs> it's like a yeah, it's a it's it shows knowledge of the the subject matter, and that's one of the things I like yeah. this game about the most is because it feels like the people designing it really care. As well, you'll get to a lot of stuff where like it feels like the game designers just don't care about what they're doing; they're mm. just printing rules for you to use, and like like venom having the ability to to counteract spider senses and like like stuff like that like little things right. that most people wouldn't even know but the designers are such fans of the content that we end up mm-hmm. getting that stuff into the game which is i think really nice yeah uh i'm sure we'll get to this topic at least at some point uh when we do uh, in this podcast but i i want to talk about uh, uh gen 2 characters i want to see like character, like oh, like yeah. we saw Black Widow get a, gen, a second generation character. Yeah, I, I there's some Gen two characters that I really want to see. It. I want, I want some. But we got we Doctor Doom first. Doom, yeah, yeah. Doom. <laughs> Doom is going to be a ten point character that is in the faction Doom, and the only other character in the faction is a Doom bot, which is a one point uh, lackey. Oh, I would I would be so happy if they printed Doom bots with Doom. Yeah. <laughs> Or... I think they will because Magneto comes with the scrap tokens, and so I think mm-hmm. I think he'll have like a Ultron esque card because we've now seen Deal with the yeah. Devil and the Age of Ultron card, and so there's two cards that resurrect somebody at the cost of someone else, 
And so I think it's going to be a pretty obvious, just like I play this five cost card, Doom shows back up at like full injured, and you kill the Doom bot. Like that kind of thing is going to happen. Yeah, or maybe like he makes like he makes something over the course of the game. Like he constructs tokens, like the Punisher. Yeah. Like I the think Punisher it, does. Right I now, think it would also like be fine if they did Doom bot like lackeys. Like you can purchase up to three Doom bots for like one point each. But it would have to be there would have to be a cap on it because I wouldn't want people to just show up with like Doom and eight Doom bots like that would be kind of lame. Or do we? I mean, I do, but I don't think that'd be fair because Doom's <laughs> already be gonna like one v five their yeah. entire team. It would, yeah, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be a good thing for the game, but yeah, exactly. So, but I think if you maybe he'll just come with a set amount, or maybe you can spend power to make them, kind of like the Hella interaction where she gains the tokens for different things happening. Yeah, and so I think it would be cool where if you if you do get to have Doom bots. You could have a set number of them. It would have to be hard capped or costly in some way to have them. But then you would have a, um, I'm trying to think of a similar rule. It'd be like the sacrifice card where like you get targeted and it's reactionary. You like spend four power, swap places with a doom bot within range three. And then they kill the doom bot and you're actually over here. Like it redirects the attack. I think that'd be really cool. Maybe only usable once per turn. I love, I love all I had to oh, say man. is doom. Oh no, like, I'm, I'm intentionally, anytime I speak to a person, I have to intentionally try to not talk about doom. <laughs> like, it's one of the things. Like, all right, don't, don't sneeze in their face, don't talk about doom, don't punch them. All right, moving on. Do not, do not put water, do not feed after midnight, do not talk about doom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I, I will be okay with our, with this podcast, one of its pillars of integrity is that we we desire doom we mm-hmm. desire doom i'm i'm in uh, personal contact with will pagani and he knows that i'm gonna drive to his house if he doesn't make doom uh and the thing is while you get doom what i know this to be true while you get doom i get the fantastic four yeah and that that's is why fine, I desire doom. because i'll be allowed to feel doom against the fantastic four which will be <laughs> the most sure win of all time <laughs> Marvel's first family will prevail. I he said with with all conviction. I mean, after <laughs> Doom marries in, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. That, that, uh, <laughs> you weren't uh, expecting that, really. <laughs> I felt like you kind of walked into that one. I just, I, I just really like the idea of Doctor Doom. Like, well, if you can't beat him, join him, and then that's it. Well, I mean, they're Doom. gonna join him. Like, they were like. Hey, right. we don't have any water because you have all the water. And he's like, well, you know how to get <laughs> water. Doom has all the water. Uh, I would like, I would like, uh, I would like alternate model dooms. That's my request for dooms. I want his, uh, his, what, what do they call the special events? I forget their names. The, ultimate crisis. Yeah. I, I want his ultimate crisis to be sitting on something with his fingers steepled. I want finger steepleage and, then I also want uh, to be able to take his arms off, and then he can cross his arms um, for <laughs> for regular. Because <laughs> those are the two ways you ever see Doom. Yeah. He's either steepling his fingers or he's crossed his arms. Those are the two ways. There, there's the Doom there's the rare third option of you've crossed a line and he's shooting lightning at you. Oh well, yeah, option. but what he's doing that's option he's three. That when he's doing that, everyone's dead. Like mm. there's no like <laughs> it's, it's always just like that's always a. What did you see? And the guy is shakily going, "It was Doom." And you get like one panel where he's, you know, it just cuts to Doom, infinite yeah. horrors. Yeah, <laughs> Castle uh, Latveria. Yeah, I am. 
yeah, this, 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 this podcast will have a consistent theme. We'll have lots of things we do, but one of those things will be Doom. Every Doom well, recurring segment, Speculation Corner on Doom, and it's just like every week. <laughs> what do we think Doom is going to do now? I think he's going to have like nine physical resistance. <laughs> just base. <laughs> and then you can spend one power to double it. <laughs> uh, Permanently. I hope... Uh, I, I actually hope he gets really... I hope he's one of those... One of the things I really like about some of the new evil guys is that they switch, you know, when they flip over. Mm-hmm. I hope he's, like, chill Doom on one side. And like he's, like, scorched Earth on the doom. back. Yeah, on the back side, he's just... Oh, well, well, I guess he's the awakening the sleeping giant Doom. That's what I want. I want I want really scary Doom on the back side. I want him to be terrifying on the back side. I actually hope... Mm-hmm. I, I would be totally cool if he was, like, very, like, weirdly healthed like four health on the front side and then like nine on the back, some weird thing. Like, I don't know how you balance that in the game, but, but something like that. Well, I mean, we're just like, he's, Modoc is he's totally four. chill. Yeah. That's, that's not right. That hard. Okay. So yeah, something like that. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know which, I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, I guess Modoc being 10, four, that's just, and he doesn't really change a lot to both sides, but that would be, that would be something I would, I want doom to be the opposite. I want him to be really chill until you pissed him off. And now you got to deal with doom. Ugh, be so cool. I cannot wait until the Doom Ultimate Crisis comes out, and that's just gonna be my new baseline gameplay. And I'm just gonna <laughs> I, like, would you like to play a game? Sure. And I get out my Doom model. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like, well, I assumed we were playing the Ultimate Crisis. Like, obviously, because uh, I'm playing yeah. Doctor. Go ahead and take your, you go and take your 50 points of characters, and then I'll kill you. <laughs> we'll be fine. <laughs> We're playing easy mode. Uh, after after Doom comes out, I feel like this podcast will Brandon will just have a segment called "What I Learned About the Doom Ultimate Crisis." This well, week. the podcast will be named Doom. <laughs> He'll change. Uh, oh, little little fun fact here, little wink, winky head nod. Um, Infamous is also a callback to yet our our favorite uh, uh, Brandon's favorite villain and my favorite hero when Doom was Iron Man for a little while. It was mm-hmm. the infamous Iron Man. So that's that's on purpose. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Yeah, we like we 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 love us some Doom here. Slightly intentional. <laughs> a little more oh, co- comic book knowledge dropped on you. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Is there anything else we should talk about before ending? I think we got a good amount of content for today. I didn't think we were even going to run this long. Yeah. Well, we started talking about Doom. So yeah, I know it just spiraled. Well, oh, uh, back on the Natasha topic, real quick before we cut out. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So when you were reading up on the Romanova Romanov situation, is that a mm-hmm. verbal acknowledgement or is it also a written acknowledgement? What do you mean? Like, like you said, you looked up and they talk about how a person, when they're um, addressing someone, a oh, female right. of the Romanov family, they would say Romanova. But is uh, that did- is that a verbal thing? I thought you said it was verbal. Uh, no, it's just like uh, I did not. It didn't actually specify. Okay. It just said that. When addressing someone in uh, in Russian, the 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 the, the sir prefix like o- of uh, ov yeah. is very it's very common uh, ending for for Russian names. The of is the masculine version. Ova is the uh, feminine version. But whenever it's anglicized, you know, brought out of Russia, commonly it's just turned into off off mm-hmm. instead of v. Um, and it's just left that way, and that's the way that anglicization usually works. A lot of a lot of last names get anglicized when they go to yeah. different places. My my name was anglicized. The original uh, uh, Guidry is actually Guidry from France, and when my ancestor, the the first Guidry guy, uh, came over from uh, from France, they changed the spelling completely because 
it, you know, Gijri didn't make any sense in uh, American English, and so they did some did some funny math to it. But they used the math thing. to change an I to an E. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was actually it was funny they didn't change the there's I have two vowels so it's G-U-I-D-R-Y they didn't change that they changed the ending it was E-Y before uh, so anyway, it, was, it was E-T I think yeah it was E-T and so they changed that to a Y that's ah. what they changed they left the U-I together in the front of my name which is weird I don't know like, standard like, practice yeah yeah standard practice it's this like the Q-U every, every yeah. U is followed by an I so it's Q-U-I yeah yeah, this this whole ET stuff at the end of this that that's bunk. We're not we're gonna throw that right out. But these UIs, these two vowels together, we'll be able to figure this out. Everyone will read this name and they won't say gooey dry. It'll be perfect. Like <laughs> and don't know. Okay. There. All right. Well I think that's gonna do it for us today, guys. Thanks for joining us on our intro podcast. And uh this has been Brandon. And Parker. Have a good one. Later. Uh, what about crisis friends? So bad. Why are you so bad at this? <laughs> it's like if we were to invent a robot that was bad at naming podcasts, we'd call it Parker. <laughs> <laughs> We've made a we made a robot that goes with really shitty podcast names. That's all it does. It's one job. It literally is plugged into the wall and just spits out endless bad podcast names. That would be we'd name it Parker. We'd kick you off the show. <laughs> By the way, I like everything about what we come up with so far. I really like that beginning. Stamp a lot. of approval. Yeah. I dig it a whole bunch. Okay. I think today we're just going to go ahead and do a mission statement. And so we'll kind of just general talk about like what the podcast is going to be about. Sure. That's going to be interesting to listen back. I'll have to cut everything yeah. you set out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to cut out everything you said. Uh, that makes me happy. I'm only recording my end. That's all that's getting posted. <laughs> it's, just, it's a terrible podcast. because It's a completely one-sided conversation. It's like, I'll ask a question. Like, good point. <laughs> just move on. Yeah. So Rhode, Rhode Island is neither a road nor a line, uh, nor an island. Okay. So you said this a second ago. I'm going to dispute this in debate format. Point one: <laughs> Technically, okay. any landmass can be an island. I'm following. And factually, it is at least p- like a percentage roads. Like a percentage of the state is roads. <laughs> now it is not entirely roads. But right. percentage-wise, I'd say it's actually a fairly high percentage. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say there's several a... percentage points. I would have to say <laughs> there's a plethora of yeah. roads. Yes, at least a high percentage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least. Okay, I like that. Do you? But you don't want to do that this time. This is the not the time we do that. No, no, because this is zero. This is episode zero. Okay. I'm going to release this as episode zero next week as I release episode one. And so zero and one will drop on the same day and you can skip one if you want to. Okay. But I assume a lot of people, if they like episode one, they'll they'll listen to zero. So. Mm -hmm.
So keep thinking of podcast names, and if any pop into your noggin, message them to me, and I'll, I'll put them oh, on the list. I was going to say, I could just throw some out there anytime. Yeah, go. Go go right now. Oh. Fast as you can. Um, uh, for Marvel, for Marvel Cross Full uh, podcast names, um, let's go with uh, uh, Shuck of the Jive. That's a good one. Shuck of the Jive? I'm not writing Shuck that. The, Shuck of the Jive. Shucking You're retarded. <laughs> Parker is dumb. <laughs> that's not a podcast. I name. literally just put that because that's well, what you... we can't we can't say that online. That's not cool. Yeah, you Definitely. can. I do it all the time. <laughs> Defamation of character. <laughs> Actually, there's a good one. That's a good podcast name. Defamation, Defamation of character. character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Muse <clears throat> on Marvel. Got uh, it. Muse on Marvel. <laughs> I like that too. Uh, we could do. Um, uh, we already got maximum effort on the list, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm gonna take off my headset and go to the bathroom, but keep singing. Okay. I have you on speakers now. Oh, I was gonna say uh, Age of Podcast. I like that. There's like eighty thousand Marvel Age of things. Um. um Oh, hey, uh, can you drink milk? You're allergic to milk, right? No, my wife is. Oh, well, good news for you. Uh, you should try the Kahlua pre-made uh, mixed drinks. They're actually really good. Mm. I've been drinking... I haven't had alcohol since the start of coronavirus. <laughs> well, it's, it's good for your immune system. <laughs> but uh, I've it. been getting these... Here, I'll, hold on, I'll turn on my thing. Oh, I'm still streaming. All right, I'm going to stop streaming. And I just gotta, open the video. All right. I just got a good one. So we've been doing, I've been doing these. These are really good. And I know you like mojitos. I do love. These are, these are hands down the best. Really, they're the best mojitos I've ever had, let alone like pre-made. Because mm. most people don't know how to make mojitos very well. Right. All right. So hit me with the knowledge. Vitamin, vitamin, vitamin MCP. <laughs> I'm erasing that. Like a vitamin M. <laughs> no, you're retarded. Parker dial, is dumb too. Dial dial M for Marvel Podcast. <laughs> wow, you really were out of these. <laughs> it's good we stopped <laughs> when we did. Um I don't like I don't hate dial M for Marvel. <laughs> um Oh I got it. The Batman podcast. Same bat time, same <laughs> bat channel. <laughs> the Batman podcast. I love it because we'll never talk about Batman. <laughs> I, I hope not. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Maverick and Goose, a Top Gun podcast. What? These aren't good. <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> I'm just thinking of things that would, if you heard them, people will go, wait, wait, what? Like, no, I'm but they, they're still, they still need to be Marvel podcasts. But then where do you get Threat Level Midnight? What is that from? Threat Level. Things have a threat level in the game. It's a play on words. Oh. Okay. Did you not make that connection? No. I God have never been damn it. Connection. Why are you so bad at this? I did not. I did not make the connection. Um, the gauntlet. Mm, uh, how about Infinity Podcasts of Infinity Earths? <laughs> That's a I have. <laughs> Are you there? Yeah. Um, trying to think of ones. Oh, I got a good one. Days of Future Pod. 
It's an X-Men reference. Famous X-Men. I, I'm aware of that. It's, a, it's an X-Men thing, actually. I did know that. Because you're, you're just trying to find, like, title of story arc and then plug in podcast somewhere in the name. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. not a title. <laughs> it needs to be clever and interesting. The point is that the, I thought the point of these is there's just th- they're throwaways. They're, they are throwaways, but this- they shouldn't be terrible. It defeats the part the purpose. If you're like, thanks for listening to podcast seven, and you're like, hang up, like that doesn't mean anything. It's pointless. <laughs> I got it. I get it. So we're thinking of better names than our name. No, you just think <laughs> of a name that you would actually it. consider naming the podcast. <laughs>